0: Welcome to episode 23 of the Play Like a Champion show, a podcast from Play Like a Champion today. I'm Pete Piscatello. I'm joined as always by Kristen Sheehan. We'll get to today's guest in just a moment. But first, a couple of important notes. Many thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've missed any of the previous 22 episodes, go back and take a listen. We know you'll enjoy conversations with some of the brightest minds in youth and high school sports, also, please take a moment to download and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any other platform. And if you can, please rate and review the show. That helps others to find us. You can l- learn more about all that we do on our website at playlikeachampion.org. And you can connect to us on social media at PLC, the number four character, on Twitter and Instagram, and at Play Like a Champion on Facebook. And with that, I'd like to welcome in Kristen Sheehan. Kristen, great to have you here as always. Tell us a little bit about our guest today, Jen Brooks.
1: Hey Pete, I am so excited to have Jen Brooks with us here today. She hails from the great city of St. Louis, Missouri, my hometown for the last 11 years. And she is the athletic director for Ursuline Academy. And she is the founder of the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, which is obviously an incredible organization filling such a big need in our world. And um, so, I, you know, I, let's just get right to it. Hi, Jen. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so excited to have you. And why don't we get started by uh, telling our listeners a little bit about you and your background. Tell us about the role that sports played in your life growing up.
2: Gosh, you know, I don't recall a moment in my life where um, sports wasn't involved. So I'll start there. You know, I've played sports my whole life, three sport athletes in high school, a three sport athlete in college. Um, and then I found my way to Ursuline Academy in St. Louis. And I've been, the, I've been here at Ursuline for 27 years, and I've been the athletic director for the last 25. So that is uh, my sports history background in a nutshell.
0: Well, you touched on your uh, your professional journey, but how did you choose teaching, coaching, and athletic administration as a vocation? Talk to us about how you kind of got that bug, and uh, it sounds like it probably started with involvement in sports.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't think I ever grew. I know I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be a high school athletic director. That just wasn't the vocation or the occupation that I dreamed of. Um, what I did dream of, what I did know I wanted to do, is I wanted to make a positive impact in a young person's life. And so when I thought, okay, what's the best way to do that? Um, it was through teaching. It was through sports. And so I began my journey as a teacher. Um, my It's crazy. Um, I would always um, win a trivia pursuits. You know, people will never guess what my major is um, because I'm a religious studies major by trade. Um, I wanted to be a high school religion teacher and be a coach. And so I did that. Well, when I was hired here at Ursuline, um, they had a part-time theology position. And the um, Sister Mary Phillips looked me up and down and said, Jen, you look healthy. Why don't you teach health too? And so, Lord, um, sister would not be so happy these days with how I look. But, you know, I still think I'm a little healthy. Um, but so, yeah, so I was teaching um, theology and health and I was coaching. And um, I, I kind of walked into the athletic director's office and I said, you know, if you ever need any help, I, I would love to help you. Um, well that, those words ended up me becoming the athletic director within months because my, the current athletic director actually had this health issue. And so I stepped in and never looked back. Um, now the other piece of this puzzle too, that's kind of funny or ironic or whatever, um, is that my dad was my high school athletic director. Um, so I grew up with, you know, my dad was a teacher, he was a coach, he was an umpire, he's an athletic director. And I saw all that. And I, I also saw the impact he was having um, with his players. I remember being probably, I don't know, seven or eight and sitting at this kitchen table. And he had a couple of his football players over for dinner. Like, you can't do that these days, sadly. But, like, I saw the impact that my dad had on these young men's life. And, and they still keep in touch today. So I, that was probably in the subconscious part of my mind as I'm like going through life trying to figure out where I go and what I do. Um but that's kind of how that's that you know wiggly row that led me to the chair I'm sitting in right now.
1: I love that. I, I know that our listeners can't see you, Jen, but you're just exuding energy. I love <laughs> I love it. Now um for those who aren't from St. Louis, I get to ask the question that everyone in St. Louis asks where did you go to high school?
2: So I went to Rosary. It was a a Catholic school. It was co-ed. It was up in North County. So St. Louis is divided by North County, South County, West County. I grew up in North County. Um, And sadly, you know, Rosary um, um, turned into Trinity because some of the Catholic schools merged. And we just found out about a week ago that they're actually going to close down um, Trinity, which had been Rosary. So my high school completely no longer exists. But I have fond memories. So
1: that. Is- oh, I'm so sad to hear that. I did not know Trinity was closing. We've
2: yeah, worked in
1: relationship with them and know they're now president, Dan, who was the AD for many years. So sure. I'm going to have to give him a call. That makes me sad and unfortunate. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, that's the case in a lot of schools. Well, tell us about Ursuline. Um, you're yeah. you're alive and well and thriving. Tell us about your community and like the special charisms. And um, go ahead.
2: <laughs> well, I love this school. You know, I I have to because why would I stay at someplace for 27 years if I didn't love it? So I love it. Um, I love working with the girls. Um, We are an all-girls Catholic school. We were founded in 1848, so we um, have a lot of history here. Um, And our mission here at Ursuline is um, servium, and that means I will serve. And I am all about that. That that's how I look at my job every day: is how can I serve these young ladies? How can I serve my coaching staff? Um, I see my job as I'm here to help them grow, help them be better. Um, and so that just for me is such a natural fit. I am Catholic. And so to be able to um, uh, pray and speak of God and, and intertwine my religion into, and my faith into my daily work, that is such a gift. It's such a blessing. I mean, I just, mass just happened in the gym uh, two minutes before we got on. That i that's not everybody gets that, you know, my, my husband doesn't get that. So that is, um, it's a blessing to be able to mix both your faith and your job.
1: I I understand, uh, you know, Pete and I are also Catholic and we appreciate the opportunity to go to mass and work with some great Catholic schools across the country. It is a blessing. And I love that you said serve, you know, like if we look at our lives as a life of service, where can we go wrong? Um, well, so you've been there for 27 years. Um, you know, you've really um, made your mark on the school. And what would, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, <laughs> looking back on, on yourself in those first couple of years when you knocked on the AD's door and said, hey, can I help you out? And now you've been there in that role for a long time. I would tell myself, Jen, as much as
2: you are a people pleaser, you are not going to please everyone and that's going to be okay. But if you communicate as much as you possibly can, if you are authentic and you're approachable, then you will please more people than not because they will at least understand who you are and where you're coming from and why you're doing or saying what you're doing.
0: I think that's tremendous advice. And those of us who have worked in sports know pretty quickly that you will not please everyone Um, but that communication is is so key. So uh, thanks for sharing that, um, you know, given your leadership position, I know you've shared that you were often one of the few or the only women in the room, uh, when it comes to uh, a meeting or or things in, in high school athletics, I'm interested to know how this has impacted you, um, how it shaped you as a person, as an athletic director professionally. Um, have you experienced, you know, discrimination? Has it been an obstacle or how has that affected your career and you personally? It's massively impacted me. Um,
2: you know, it's it's funny because when I sit here in my office, I'm surrounded by women. Okay, but when I exit these doors, I as a female, I work in this male-dominated industry, so I am, like you said, often the only woman in the room. Um, so when that happens, you know, I have walked into rooms where I'm not acknowledged. Um, they've asked if I'm in the right place. Um, you know, I I joke around that I have an invisible power, you know, that I the superhero power that I become invisible when I walk into this room, this athletic sports meeting room and all the men ignore me, you know? Um, And so for a really long time that I just dealt with it. Okay. I I didn't have the courage. I couldn't find my voice. I just accepted it. Um, And then it got to a point that I said, I'm not doing this anymore. This is absolutely, you know, absurd. I'm not doing it. You know, if Jen, I'm talking to myself, "Okay, Jen, you're modeling for these young ladies. And if I'm going to be a good model for them, I can't be a model that just sits here and and allows myself to be invisible, allows myself to not be heard." So I said I've got to change that. So I found the courage to find my voice and uh I'm not I am not going to stop talking and you are not, you know, you're going to hear me now. So um it's, it's, I make it known now when I enter a room.
0: Well, tell us a little more about that. What, how, what strategy have you used? Maybe what advice would you give to a young woman in that position as the father of a a little girl who loves sports? um, And, you know, maybe someday she pursues a path like yours, what advice would you give and and how would you say to find that voice and to make it in, I guess, an advantage, uh, the position you're in?
2: You know, I would start by saying, first off, you have been invited to that space, to that table. Okay, so you have a rightful seat there. So so make room. So so when they when you walk into that room and those men um, have covered every single space and don't have any space for you in the front row, you walk in and push their stuff aside and you sit down right there and you say, hi, I'm Jen. How nice to meet you. Um, And you have to have that courage Um, and what's going to go wrong. They're going to go, Oh, okay. Okay. Big deal. I don't need that. You know, who cares? Um, And so, so be authentic, you know, be real. You know, I, I struggle so much um, with being, I feel like I'm looked at as too masculine and too feminine all in the same breath as a female athletic director. People have this, you know, idea about who a female or who an athletic director should be. Okay, so when you say athletic director, when you say coach, there's a mental vision image that pops in your mind. I doubt it looks like me. I doubt it looks like a female. Okay, so that's a big struggle, you know. So if I come into a room and I'm dressed up and I have, you know, my bracelets on and I have my earrings in and, you know, dress shoes and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm too feminine. So I must not know enough about sports. And if I come in looking like I do today in my athletic gear, well, then I'm too masculine. And they don't like that because a woman shouldn't be that masculine. So do you see that double-edged sword I live? You know, so, so I tell the young women I work with, I tell my, my female colleagues, be authentic, be yourself. You know, um, for years, I would stand in front of the closet and go, what should I wear to this meeting? Okay, I can guarantee you none of my male counterparts were doing that. So I said, time out. I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear today. And if I want to dress up, I'm going to dress up. And if I want to wear my athletic gear, I'm going to wear my athletic gear. So it's about being authentic. It's about having the courage to, to find your voice. And then surrounding yourself with people who care about you and want to help you. And that includes men and women. You know, and a big part of this was um, I was able to find some male allies who supported me, who encouraged me who helped me to find my voice. So this is not like, woe is me. This is not men against women. This is about all of us working together, creating awareness to help each other all sit at the table and
1: all have a chance to be heard. I can uh, commiserate with you, <laughs> Jen. I, one time I, I uh, was doing a workshop in Mississippi and a football coach came up to me in the middle point and He said, this is pretty good information. You know, if you were a man, I'd listen to you.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I've walked through vendor halls at conferences and I bring my husband and I brought my husband in the past these conferences because truly they were lonely places for me, you know, full of men who wouldn't even look at me. So I'm like, "Honey, could you please come so I have somebody to talk to? And so he would come with me and we would walk through the exhibit hall together. And I I kid you not. Every single vendor, even though my tags, big old tags, said Jen Brooks, athletic director, and his says, you know, guest, they went to him and and talked to him first. (laughs) And he got such a giggle out of it. He's like, oh, you just lost that sale because she's the boss. Um, You know, so yeah, it's so here's the thing we have here's a challenge we have to redefine, we have to reimagine, we have to change the narrative of what everybody has in their mind, of what a coach looks like, of what an athletic director looks like. So that when the three of us look in a mirror, okay, that that we can imagine ourselves being in that role no matter how we look.
1: Yes, and you have done something very tangible to... Change that narrative, Jen. You are the founder of the global community of women in high school sports and you talked about surrounding yourself with allies. That's clearly what you're doing in this space. Tell us about this global community, about its mission, and um, you know, what led you to create the the organization.
2: Sure. So a couple years back, um, you know, the tipping point happened <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't I will not accept this anymore. And so I reached out to a couple of the national organizations that house high school sports. And I said, hey, can you find space for us? Can you create a space for us in your group, and your organizations for female athletes, for our female athletic directors? And they said no. Um, they said no because they were men. And, and men they, as men, they didn't know my experience. They couldn't begin to understand my experience. So therefore, they didn't see a need for that okay, no worries. Anybody who knows anything about me, I'm going to say, well, I'm just going to create my own group then. <laughs> and, then and that's what I did. Um, I created a global community of women in high school sports. Um, and it was one of those things where it started small. It was just me. Um, my daughter created the logo. Um, I had no budget. And by the way, I'm a full-time athletic director. You know? So how did I, you know, how could I do global community? How could I spread the word? And it kind of just kind of hung there for a little bit as I tried to figure out what do I do with this? Where does it go? And um, I think all the stars kind of aligned in 2019 at the A.D.'s National Conference in Maryland. And um, I brought my daughter this time. She had um, just graduated from college and uh, on my coaching staff. And she and I walked around and mostly she. Uh, With a piece of paper and a pen and found every single female and said, hey, join the global community and then wrote their numbers and their names and emails down. So we walked away from the global from that conference with, you know, 200 plus emails. Okay, that was a huge start for us. Um, Plus, we had some support from WeCoach and Huddle. They did some amazing things for female athletic directors at that conference, which was huge. So that happened. So then we come back in January from the conference. Okay, I've got this email list. We're starting to like, kind of like, talk a little bit. What do can we do? Where do we go from here? And then this crazy thing called COVID hits. And if you know me, you know my motto is "This is good." So that means I find the good in everything. And so the good in COVID was that it taught us educators about this crazy thing called Zoom, and it taught us how to break out of our own little bubbles and really be national, really be global. And so. As ADs then, I began a weekly Zoom call where we chatted about, like, how do we get through this? You know, how are we dealing with this? Who's got ideas on how to do virtual workouts? Anything you can imagine. So we did that for for once a week until we took a pause in June and July um but it was amazing i mean it was amazing all of these people got gathered and men were a part of the group as well it was fascinating you know cuz i that's really an important piece of this the global community is for men and women um because like i said before we need each other we need to create awareness for each other we need to learn from each other uh, i i need males to help me find my voice i, I men need to hear my perspective cuz they're only going to get smarter and wiser if they talk to me duh um and so You know, so so that's what it is. You know, we're an inclusive group. The other piece of the puzzle too is, you know, we're um, it's for high school athletic directors and coaches and anybody aspiring to be a high school athletic director or coach. Because I look back on my journey and I look there and it was such, you know, for 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 22 of those 25 years, it was lonely. It was a path I walked alone. And dang it, I don't want that for anybody else. Um, So so the global community is about connecting it's about networking. It's about um, just providing a space for women and for men, but really for, for women just to feel safe and to have conversations. And so the really cool thing is we talk about, so Denver's the next conference in December. And I can't wait because I'm gonna be like, hey, 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 I'm not going to walk through those halls anymore with my head down because no one's going to look at me. I know so many people now because my network has grown because I have found that there are other women out there just like me, you know, grasping and looking for other women to connect with. So, yeah, that's the global community. It's amazing. (laughs) I love it. It's given me energy.
0: I got to tell you, this is so incredibly impressive. I mean, I'm fired up here, ready to go. (laughs) Sign me up. This is this is great. Uh, And, you know, we need Kristen. I talk about this quite a bit. We need more women in this industry, period. But I would say we need more women like you as well. Uh, so, so kudos to what you are doing, taking the initiative, um, and you know, getting a couple hundred people signed up on a piece of paper is uh, no small feat. Uh, and obviously, you've grown this to be something uh, really cool. So, way to go there! And obviously, we are uh, uh, rooting for you in that endeavor. Um, you know other things that, that you are doing that obviously making an impact, and you talked about your desire getting into this, wanting to make an impact. Uh, you're also a mentor coordinator for the Missouri Intercollegiate or Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Um, that's a role you're, I'd say, you're uniquely qualified for. Uh, tell us what that entails, and tell us a little about that. Yeah. So
2: as the mentor coordinator for the state of Missouri, I work with um, all the new ADs in the state. So, OK, I'm glad you're sitting down because we're talking about over 200 athletic directors. OK, the turnover in this job is tremendous because it's a hard job. Everybody thinks, oh, well, they want to do it, you know, whatever um Someone says, oh, what do you do? And I say, I'm an athletic director. Oh, that's cool. You get to watch games. Well, yeah, I do get to watch games, but there's a lot more layers to it that people don't realize. Um, So as the mentor coordinator, it's it's a twofold purpose. I'm loving the opportunity to teach other athletic directors, you know, help them avoid the mistakes that I made um, to make their journey, like I said, a lot easier than it was for me. You know, um, they know that they can pick up the phone and call me or text me or send me an email. And I never had that when I was younger and new. And so I really want to be able to provide that for them. The other cool thing is, um, it's a woman in charge. So it's a woman teaching all these men how to be athletic directors, like score, that's huge. You know. So, so um, proving to these men
1: that, hey, Jen, these women
2: know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about.
1: Love that. Yeah, we need more women in power positions like that, Jen. So way to go to step up to be that mentor coordinator. You also are a fellow podcaster. Um, You have a podcast that you say is designed to elevate the voice of women in sports. Um, Tell us about some of your guests and what you're looking to accomplish with your podcast.
2: Yeah, so I just ask, you know, fellow female athletic directors, you know, so often we don't get a chance to talk. People don't ask for our opinion. People don't ask what we think. Um, and so I want to provide that. And here's the really cool thing too, is um, all these women have such great stories and I want to hear their stories. I want to hear their why. Um, and, I want, and I want it to, I, it inspires me, you know? Um, and so we have to, I have to provide more opportunities for women to have their voices heard. And, and the podcast is just one way of doing it.
0: Well, we would encourage everybody to listen to, to that podcast. Go give it a listen. I believe it's called Time Out with Jen Brooks. Is that right? Yeah. So, if we're, yeah. if we're looking for that, you can find that as well. Give that a listen. You know, this is such a, a great conversation. And I love what you said before and kind of a theme that's run throughout this about working together, right? It's not about guys over here helping other men become athletic directors and women, you know, trying to pave the way over here uh, we're in this together we are whether you're an athletic director or whatever your role is in this industry coach as we'll talk about here in a second um, the fact that we're working together I think is is so awesome and I love what you said about you know being a, a mentor um, I love the idea of a, a, a woman uh, in in a high-ranking role uh, and as an athletic director mentoring both men and women uh, because we can learn a lot from each other. So I think that's tremendous stuff. Now, we talked a lot about the administrative positions and obviously what you've done for a long time, but you you talked about starting uh, as a coach as well, kind of in that mode. And obviously you work with coaches uh, and worked with, I'm, I'm sure, tons of coaches throughout your time uh, there. Uh, we play like a champion, have a campaign. We sort of have ongoing, we call We Champion Female Coaches. Uh, and we're big on the need to get more, specifically female coaches at all levels of sports. Um, you know, we're sure you agree with this premise, um, but talk to us a little bit about the coaching side of things in particular, uh, maybe what the value is there, but also how do we get more women involved as, as coaches from the grassroots level up to where you're at in high school? That is so, so important. We need more
2: female coaches. You know, um, if they can see it, they can be it. You know, I never had a coach that looked like me coach me. You know, and I played three sports in high school and college, like that makes me sad. So um, having female coaches is so important. Having finding and hiring female coaches is probably one of our biggest struggles, you know. Um, And so I think it's so important about when I sit here and I work with my student athletes that I am planting the seed. So I'm constantly saying to my young players, hey, I hope one day you come back here and coach you know, or have you ever thought about coaching? You've really got a knack for this. Um, So I'm planting the seeds with them all the time. I remind my male peers um, that their voice is really important and really powerful and that they too have to be, you know, planting the seeds and inviting these young women, you know, and when we're talking about, you know, um, for my female, for my male athletic director peers to their female coaching staff, I say to them, Are you mentoring them um, and inviting them and encouraging them to one day become an athletic director like that? Your words are powerful. So, so use that. The other thing that I realize and I remind my coaches is that we are walking billboards for our profession. Okay. And I learned this the hard way. I learned this the hard way years ago when talking to my young daughter at the time and said, Hey, Nora, what are you going to be when you grow up? And she says, mom, definitely not an athletic director. I thought, "Oh my, what have I done?" Okay? Now I know she had an inside scoop to, you know, the hard nights. But I also realized, okay, I'm a walking billboard of my profession and so are my coaches. So if I'm walking around saying, "This job is hard. I don't like this. All these I work all these hours." Well, who's going to want to do that? You know? So as an AD, as a coach, we have to be walking around saying, "I love my job," which I do. <laughs> But I love my job and I love the impact I'm I'm making. I love the opportunities that I get to to be and learn because I learn from my students. They learn from me. It's a mutual learning process um, that it's, you know, it's a good thing. Um, And so, so, you know, I remind my staff, okay, if we want more coaches, we need more coaches. How are you portraying what it's like to be a coach? Um, So those are really important things. We're a walking billboard for our profession.
1: This has been uh, so much fun to talk with you, Jen, and get to know you more and, um, you know, feed off your energy. Um, And so we're going to close with a question we ask all of our guests. And that is, um, tell us a story about how sport has changed someone's life for the good.
2: You know, I think so. I'm. I don't have specifics. I'm not that kind of a person. Like people say, you know, who is your mentor? Who's your, who you looked up to? I don't really have one person because I think it's this. I think sports impacts everyone on some sort of level all the time. So I don't think we need that big story. I don't think we need to have this big life experience that says I'm changed because of it. I think it could be that simple, um, You know, coach reaching out to me on one of my darkest days that says, hey, Jen, how are you doing? That has an impact that lasts with me deep down, deep back in the back of my mind for years to know that how I felt that day when that coach asked me, I need to be that kind of person to other people. So I don't think it has to be this one big, wow, oh, my gosh, I'm crying. That's an amazing story. I think it can be like there's so many opportunities There's so many teachable moments involved in sports that they happen hundreds of times every day. Most of them I don't really notice, but they do. They have this impact on us that stay with us and kind of mold us as we become these adults.
1: And that's why we are all so graced to be in this world of sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jen. That was a super fun interview. And um, we're grateful for your time. Keep doing what you're doing. And let us know at Play Like a Champion, how we can support your efforts at both Ursuline and with your global community. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity
0: to sit at your table. Thanks, Jen. Kristen, what a fun interview with Jen Brooks. Uh, So energetic and just really doing some awesome stuff. What are your takeaways from our conversation?
1: You know, it's just jotting down some of the things she said, Pete, and she said, be authentic, be yourself. Uh, You have a rightful seat at the table, find your voice, find the good in all. What a positive life outlook and uh, what, She's she's making a difference in this world of sports and, you know, finding that that seat at the table for more women um, and making women feel comfortable. Um, I also love, though, she talked about, you know, you, she's got to have men at the table, too, that they need to be allies. And I have to say that I have never once in Play Like a Champion felt ever discriminated against by the men I have the pleasure to work with. So Clark Power, Jim Power, you, Pete, you are always, the three of you are so respectful, true allies. Um, and that's just a gift to me. Thank you.
0: Well, you're certainly well-deserved. And, and I, I think that her her theme there is so important because too often, I mean, everything now is divided, right? Uh, there's There's division everywhere, but too often, it's such a competitive industry working in sports that you know never mind men and women we're just thinking about what we have to do to get ahead and not thinking about the other people and so to hear from somebody who is doing such incredible work and talking about bringing people together to the table to learn from each other that's so important i mean i you know i would echo that saying you know i can learn as much from you as 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 anybody um you know in working with coaches clinics we do and and the people we work with on a day-to-day basis um you know you never know who you're going to learn something from. Or as, as Jen talked she talked about being a, a walking billboard and never knowing who, you know, you're going to impact as well. Uh, I think that that's so important. And whether it's a male or female coach um, or athletic director, uh, you just don't know who's going to have that impact on you or more importantly, on the lives of the kids who we touch. Uh, and so, let's bring out the best in everybody and let's work together towards that end. Such a a beautiful sentiment and obviously a joy getting to talk to Jen. Yeah.
1: And you know how we say with the team for every child together, we are stronger.
0: We are stronger. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here today. Certainly our community is stronger with you involved. Um, Thanks for joining us on the play like a champion show. Remember, that you can subscribe and download our podcast and your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends, we wanna grow this community. uh, And that starts with you. Do that now so you don't miss a single episode going forward. Uh, If you haven't listened to all 23 episodes of the show, go back and do that as well. And we'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find those links and visit us on our website, playlikeachampion.org. If you'd like to learn more about what we do or have any questions for the podcast, Maybe you have a great idea. Email us, information at playlikeachampion.org. Kristen, thanks as always for being here. I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Thanks, Pete. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. Have a great week, everyone. And wherever you are, remember to play like a champion each and every day.